Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. Okay, after that mass exodus of kids, wasn't that so much fun? I apologize to you parents who've been listening to that CD for three months. I asked one of the kids this morning, are you going to keep listening to it? And it was Rachel Burns. She said, maybe not in the car anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I get it because I've been doing it too. And, you know, I, like Pastor Rhonda said, I, it's such a privilege to be able to do this program. And it is seriously the highlight of the year for me. I absolutely love working with the kids and being a part of their lives and having them a part of mine. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing your kids with me. And, you know, my heart has been waiting for this program. I have loved every program we've ever done. I've said I want to repeat them. Um, and then when it comes around to it, there's always a new one out that's good. But this program, beyond any program, every time we do a program, someone receives Christ, right? But in this program, I think it's so much more relatable to those of us who've known Christ for a long time. I want to talk to li a little bit today about Michael's character, Aspen. Everything was great for him, right? He was excited. He was part of the team. He was ready to go full of confidence and pride until he found out that he was going to be stuck in a beachy black hole for Christmas. And, you know, it's funny. At first, this program, I thought, a beach at Christmas? But, but that's what his problem was. He was going to be stuck on a beach for Christmas. In his heart and in his mind, the Christmas season required certain things. He expected to have fruitcake. He expected to have hot apple cider. And most importantly, he expected snow. When he didn't see that that was going to happen for him, he had a complete meltdown. And where are you, Michael? Great meltdown. I mean, just amazing. He is the best actor. So he had this complete meltdown, and he ended with the statement, this heat is sabotaging the entire Christmas season. We laughed when we watched this, but does anyone besides me ever get stuck like that? Like Aspen, our circumstances don't always match what we expect. He felt stuck on a beach, but maybe we feel stuck in our jobs, our relationships, our finances, or our health. It's not necessarily that the circumstances are bad. They're just different than what we expected them to be. In response to this, feeling stuck, the electrons so beautifully pointed out biblical truth to Aspen. Uh, I think it was Rebecca said to him, I know it feels hopeless right now, but that's the perfect time to remember what God did for us by sending Jesus. I hope that every single one of us in this room has a friend like these electrons. I hope that when we get stuck, we have a friend who's willing to point out biblical truth to us. I also hope that we choose to be those kind of friends. Do you remember Aspen's response when he was presented with that biblical truth? He said, Christmas does not make everything perfect. You could add in the word Jesus because that's what we celebrate at Christmas, right? Jesus does not make everything perfect. There are still real problems in the world. That was his heart. And you know what? Aspen was right. We live in a fallen, broken, hurting world, and we do have problems. Just like a storm threatened to ruin Aspen's Christmas season, storms threaten to ruin our things for us too. Being laid off or getting an unexpected bill threatens to ruin our finances. A disagreement or a misunderstanding threatens to ruin a friendship. Our differences 
threaten to ruin our marriages. Looking at what's going on in the world around us threatens to ruin our peace. But you know what? This shouldn't surprise us. In John 16, or yeah, John 16, 33, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. See, Aspen lost heart because he had trouble. He was stuck on a beach, and sometimes we lose heart. Aspen's ended up in a meltdown. What does it look like when we lose heart? Anybody besides me ever had a meltdown? But you know what? For us, sometimes it looks more like anxiety. It looks more like lashing out in anger into someone who's completely unrelated to the situation. It looks like fear. And sometimes it looks like physical problems, health problems. Why? Because unlike Aspen and his display, we try to keep it inside. We don't talk about it. We don't get it out. But I want to tell you that, that those things, anxiety, fear, and anger, those are equally destructive as having a meltdown. I wish that I could say I've never had any of those experiences, but I have had all of them. And I thought about over the last 30 years of my life, knowing Jesus, I have had meltdowns. I have suffered with anxiety. I've had fear over things that I did not need to be afraid of. And I probably lashed out in anger, and I've probably had some of my health problems are caused by that. I'm guessing that it's happened to you too. Because see, what happens is we look at our physical circumstances, our body's in pain, our kids aren't listening, our spouse isn't contributing their fair share, we feel underpaid, overworked, we're falsely accused, we experience broken relationships. We, like Aspen, can begin to say this, these circumstances are sabotaging my fill-in-the-blank, right, whatever it is for you. So how did Aspen and how can we turn things around when circumstances threaten to, threaten to ruin something in our life? comes from the second half of John 16, 33. Remember, Jesus started with, in this world you will have trouble. But he finishes with, take heart, I have overcome the world. Instead of losing heart when we look at our circumstances, we can take heart because Jesus already overcame. Jesus changes everything. Aspen got it because he said, now I realize Christmas means I don't have to be alone. The storm wasn't the problem. The beach wasn't the problem. The real problem was that he forgot that in all things, or you know what, maybe he never knew, that in all things, Jesus was with him. In that moment, the storm didn't shift, but his perspective did. His realization of his position in Christ changed. Understanding that God was with him meant that it didn't matter where he was or what he didn't have. You know, we can look at this and think, well, that's a silly, simple example. But honestly, if we take a step back and look at some of our circumstances that, are, that have us upset, they probably look just as silly and simple as Aspen's did. I personally think that we dismiss how we deal with those little storms, those little circumstances. We call a friend to complain when another friend bothers us. We gripe or complain or honk at the driver in front of us who's going too slow. We talk behind a coworker's back when they annoy us. We give the silent treatment or we yell when our spouse doesn't meet our expectations. And those little things, what we don't realize, it's those little circumstances and those little annoyances that are teaching us that if we can look at Jesus then, 
we can look at Jesus in the big storms. We learn from Aspen that if we separate our circumstances from our position in Christ, we will always feel stuck. Rather, we need to look at our circumstances through our position in Christ. I want to give you just a couple quick examples. I could give you hundreds out of God's word. When our marriage or our job or our parenting throws us a curveball, have you ever said this? I can't do this anymore. But our position in Christ in Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When we look at the world around us, which can be dangerous, it can be evil, but even more so, the media will continue to give us thing after thing after thing that we have to be careful about or not use or stay away from. When we do that, we can begin to live in fear and worry and anxiety. But our position in Christ in 2 Timothy 1.7 says, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God's word is full of scriptures that remind us of our true position when we are Christ followers. Aspen helped us to see today that there's two different truths at play in our day-to-day life. Truth number one, trouble is real. It's here. We're in a fallen world. It's going to stay. But truth number two, Jesus is real. And because of that, we are never alone. So what do we do with these two truths? We can't ignore our circumstances, but we can realize that our circumstances and our troubles and our storms are temporary. What we're experiencing today and all through the rest of our life is temporary. But truth number two, Jesus, he's eternal. And if we've declared him as our Lord and Savior, our spirit is eternal as well. I don't know if you guys know this, but when you received Christ, heaven became your home at that moment. We don't have to wait for heaven until we leave this earth. Heaven is with us at every moment of every day. Philippians 3.20 reminds us that our citizenship is in heaven. And then Colossians 3.2 tells us because of that, we should set our mind on things above, not on earthly things. But here's the catch. We know the truths, but only each individual person can decide which truth we're going to live in. And, and honestly, in every single circumstance, we decide which truth we're going to live in. Practically speaking, what does this look like? It's changing the dialogue that's inside of our head and a lot of times comes out of our mouth. So when faced with a storm, if we're looking at the temporary, this is what we say. God loves me. He's real. But this situation is so unfair, I just can't take it. But if we turn our eyes to the eternal, to Jesus, then our sentence becomes, this situation is so unfair, but I am not alone. I can do all things because Christ is here to strengthen me. If you brought your Bibles with you today, I'd love for you to look up 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. This verse reminds me how I want to live. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Remember when Aspen lost heart? Remember when we lose heart? Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is seen, not not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen, the storm, is temporary. What is, not un- what is unseen is eternal. 
In my life, I have definitely focused on the temporary circumstances at times. If you knew me 30 years ago, you would have seen a lot of that. But I've also had some amazing moments of trusting God and seeing my circumstances through the truth of Christ, and that's the way I want to live. You see, what it says, outwardly we're wasting away. I mean, here's a silly example. Normally when I do the Christmas program, I sit on the floor so the kids, so that I'm, my arms aren't in the video. And I realized last night, I can't sit on the floor today because if I sit on the floor for 40 minutes, I'm not going to be able to walk up on the platform to give this message to you. So outwardly, our bodies are wasting away. Things don't work the way they used to, right? But inwardly, that is a that is a hundred percent our choice. We can constantly be on an uphill trajectory in our trusting Jesus and looking at him rather than our circumstances. And that's the way I want to live. Aspen chose correctly. He certainly could have kept focusing on being stuck on the beach. Instead, he chose to walk in the greater truth that no matter where he was, God was with him. I don't want to make light of any storms or circumstances in this room because I know that some of you were not talking about an argument with your spouse. We're not talking about bad roads or whatever it is that's, that's a small circumstance, what I talked about earlier. Some of you are facing some big things. I want us to know two things. It's those little things that are going to help us get through the big things. But I want you to know, and I think those of you who know me know my heart, if you're facing a circumstance that you can't keep your eyes on Jesus, then you need to come talk to one of us because we want to support you and we want to help you. Looking at Jesus instead of looking at our circumstances does not mean we ignore our circumstances. Some people are going through things that they need to deal with. Some of us need wisdom to know how to deal with those things. Some of us need to change some physical habits, right? Some of us just need to sit and talk with someone and figure it out. So I'm not saying ignore your circumstances. I'm saying wrap your circumstances, wrap your circumstances in who Jesus is. There's one last thing that stood out to me in this play, and that was the, what Kaylee's last line. She said, things don't always make sense, but God is bigger than all of that. He stepped into time and changed the world forever. And the last line, and we sing hallelujah. Do you guys know what hallelujah means? It means praise the Lord. The kids showed us so beautifully in their last song when they said, hallelujah, praise his name. The road may be unclear, but our faith remains. Hallelujah, praise his name. Jesus still is king, and his love is forever the same. We cannot live a victorious life with peace without praising him. We were made to praise him. Do you guys know that the Bible says if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out? I want to be a person of praise, and I tell you what. One of my favorite things about this church is that we have a continual focus on doing just that, praising him. There have been times in my life where I was struggling, and it was the praise of the people around me that kept me going. And I'm not just talking about what we did this morning when we sang together. I'm talking about when I sat over a cup of coffee with someone or sat in a meeting or visited my, someone visited my home. And in the midst of the conversation, they were praising Jesus. When we're struggling, the praise of other people keeps us going. And I hope that my praise over the life that I've known you has kept you going as well.
So, next Sunday night, we are having a worship night, and I am so excited for it. And I want you to know that if this is your church home, you need to make every effort to be here. Because I think that this worship night, Pastor Sal has talked about it, but it it truly is something that is going to change our hearts and our minds, and it's going to change our church. I also want to say, if you're sitting here today and you don't have a church home, you should come too. Because as we've talked about our circumstances and Jesus, it is so much easier to keep our eyes on the truth of Jesus rather than the truth of our circumstances when we have a family of believers that we're gathered around constantly. As I come to an end today, I know that there are probably some of you here today who haven't placed your trust with Jesus. As we talk about what it means to look at him above your circumstances, you feel that tug to look at the eternal rather than the temporary. Maybe like Aspen, you've assumed that the stories of Bethlehem and angels were just fairy tales. But I want to tell you today, the Christmas story is real. God loves you. God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son into the filth and the mess of the world just for you. Even if you were the only one, he would have done it for you. And it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, he loves you because he created you, and he created you to be in relationship with him. The book of Romans reminds us that all of us have sinned and that the punishment for that sin is death. Someone had to die for our sin, and God in his goodness sent his own son to be born here as a man, live a perfect life, and then take the sin of the world on his shoulders at the cross. He died to take the punishment for our sin, yours and mine. God's gift to you today is eternal life through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of his son Jesus. On top of that gift of eternal life, which is amazing, he also gives you the ability to see your circumstances through the light of eternity, through your position in Christ. Heaven can become your home today. It's the most amazing and beautiful gift you will ever receive, and we don't deserve it. None of us do. So how do we open that gift? We believe what God did for us by sending his son. We admit that we're a sinner, and we choose to make Jesus our Lord. Will you stand with me today and bow your heads? Are you feeling something this morning as I've shared what Jesus did for you? Maybe you don't even understand what I've talked about entirely, but something is stirring in your heart. Please don't ignore that feeling. God wants to turn your eyes away from yourself and onto him. If you're not ready to make a decision, please talk to one of us after the service today. But if you believe the Christmas story and you're ready to make that decision and declare Jesus will be your Lord, or maybe you made that decision a long time ago and you've let your circumstances creep in and take control and you feel like you need to come back to him. If either of those two things describe you, would you be bold enough this morning to raise your hand and say that you want Jesus to be your Lord? That he needs to be the center, that you need to get your eyes off your circumstances and on him. I see one hand. Is there anyone else today that would say, this is something that I know that I need? I'm going to have everyone pray this prayer together. So for the one who raised your hand, make sure you talk to one of us afterwards and let us know what you've done so that we can get you started on your right way. So if if you'll pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I thank you that you are real. 
I thank you that you want to be Lord of my life. I admit that I'm a sinner. And I thank you that you died to take the punishment of my sin. Jesus, I thank you that because you are with me, I don't need to look at my circumstances. I can look to you. I declare that faith in you today. Amen. For the rest of us, I want to challenge us to be a people that would focus on the eternal, not the temporary. The truth of Jesus rather than the truth of our circumstances and to make praise a habit regardless of our circumstances. Thank you for listening to Praise Center Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.